0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the sixth Sunday of the Holy Fifty Days. This is the last Sunday before the Feast of the Pentecost, which is next week. And in the Scripture today, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to us about asking and receiving. In verse 24, He says, Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. And there are many places actually in the Scripture where the Lord is telling us to pray and to ask God for the things that we want, and he says this he says to us to have assurance that we will receive the things that we ask of him but how is it that we can understand this promise maybe a lot of us have asked god for many things and we feel that in the end we didn't really receive the things that we asked for how can we understand this that he is saying um, in matthew chapter 7 in the sermon on the mount um, the lord said for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks uh finds and to him who knocks it will be open to him and so these are all the things that god is asking us to do he's asking us to, to ask to seek to knock to persist and and that it will be opened to all each person who asks will receive okay so how can we understand what does it look like for us to ask and to seek and to knock in a practical way in our life what does it look like for us to pursue this commandment that the lord has told us to do because this is a commandment When the Lord says ask, when he says knock, when he says seek, this is a commandment. He's telling us to do this. This is something necessary for us to do. What does that practically look like in our lives? Um, The first, when we are asking, when he tells us to ask, we should be asking in faith. Because he says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Whatever things. You ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. This means that whenever we make a request of God, we have to be asking him in a way that is reflecting the faith that we have. That we believe that God truly is the one who can answer our prayer. He is the one who is hearing and listening to what is it that we are saying. You know, sometimes when we pray, we pray in a kind of despair not really believing that God is hearing, not really believing that God can answer, not really believing at all that, you know, maybe we're going through the motions or maybe we are are praying because it makes us feel better um, about the situation. But do we really believe that there is a God who hears and listens and can respond to our petition? Not only that he can respond, but it says that he will respond. Maybe he doesn't always respond in the way that we expect. But the reason is that there are many things actually that we ask for that are maybe not In our good interest there are many things that we we seek out that maybe is not the best for us but he says ask in faith okay what does it mean to ask in faith what does it mean to have faith Um, st james speaks at length about the idea that faith without works is dead meaning in order for us to say that we have faith we have to have works. We have to have works in our lives that reflect the faith that we say that we have. So if I truly believe in God, and I truly believe in his word, and I truly believe that he can answer my prayer, and that I am making this petition of him, there should be some kind of action that is associated with that belief, with that faith. And and there are many things we can speak about. One is pursuing godliness. You know, Do I, do I live my life with a desire for godliness? Do I live my life where I I read the scripture, I listen to sermons, and then I say, well, what is it that God is asking me to do? What is godly? What does it mean to be godly? And I pursue it. I pursue what is it that God is is asking me to do. He asked me to follow his commands. He asked me to live a certain way. I'm pursuing it. I'm seeking godliness. Also, to be consistent and faithful in my spiritual practices. The church puts out for us many types of spiritual practices all throughout the year that we are called to do whether it be the personal spiritual practices in my personal life, whether it be the different seasons of the church and the different prayers that are offered in the church, the different services that are offered in the church, um, like uh, Bible studies and sermons and spiritual meetings and whatnot. All of these things are open and available to all of us. This is all also part of pursuing godliness and a part of having faith. A person who has faith believes and is putting that faith into action. Also, he speaks at length about persistence. You know in the garden of gethsemane when the lord jesus christ was praying to the father prior to the crucifixion he asked the lord three times for the cup to be removed from him three times he didn't just ask a single t- a time asking that this suffering pass from him he asked the father three different times also when we read about saint paul who is asking god to remove the thorn from his side which we believe it is some kind of disease that the St. Paul was afflicted with. Um, He also asked three times. He didn't just ask a single time. Also, the Lord Christ gave us this parable of this persistent widow. Um, And in this parable, there is this woman who is seeking justice for herself from this judge. She's going to the judge, and she's trying to get justice for herself in her case. And she keeps nagging him. She keeps persisting and asking him again and again. And so... In the conclusion of this parable, um, the Lord said, And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? What makes it difficult to persist? You know, when when we are called to persist in prayer, what makes it difficult? Maybe over time we begin to lose faith that God is really hearing me that God is listening to me, that there's going to be any value of me continuing to persist and to ask again and again and again. If God didn't answer me the first time or the second time or the third time, why would he answer me the fourth time or the fifth time or the sixth time? Maybe in our mind, we say the longer that I pray, the the, the less likely that maybe God is going to um, answer my petition because if he were to have answered it, he would have answered it already right? And the longer we go, maybe we feel like it is less likely. But actually, when the Lord tells us to persist, he says that the longer you persist, maybe the more likely that God is going to answer our petition and that he's going to answer it in the right way and at the right time. Again, sometimes the timing, even if the thing that we ask of God is good, sometimes the timing is not good. Sometimes we need to wait and and, and to demonstrate that we are waiting in faith means that we continue to ask. We don't just ask and then we give up and say, you know what, God hasn't answered me yet, so I'm not going to try to ask anymore. Someone who is really, truly faithful is going to continue to persist, believing that they are going to get what they want. Maybe a good image of this in our mind is when Jacob, the patriarch, when he was wrestling with God. It says that God appeared to him in the form of a man, and Jacob wrestled him. He wrestled with him, and he said to him, I will not leave you until you bless me. Right? Like I will continue to wrestle you. I will continue to fight with you. I will continue to get, try to get from you what I want, and I refuse to leave until you bless me. This, again, reflected a kind of faith that Jacob had that, in the end, he was going to receive from God. His holiness post also spoke a lot about this. He said, when you stand before God in prayer, he said, I'm not le-, he said tell God I'm not leaving here until you bless me. I'm not leaving here until you comfort me. I'm not leaving here until you console me. I'm not leaving here until you grant me my petition. In whatever form maybe that will be. When you, when you look, at, for instance, at the story of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, uh, she was wanting a son. And she would pray and, and ask God in tears for this son. And it says that after her prayer and persistence in prayer, that God granted her comfort. Maybe the outcome of her prayer, of course we know that eventually, yes, she did bear a son. But but in that moment of prayer, what is it that God granted her? He He granted her peace. He just granted her peace. Maybe this is the greatest thing actually that God can grant any of us is peace. Maybe even greater than the things we are asking for. Because whether we receive the things we are asking for or not, the peace that comes from God is greater than everything else. Why is it even that we ask things from God? Maybe I ask something from God because I think that that thing is going to bring me peace. I think that that thing that I'm asking for is going to give me happiness, give me joy, like answer some need that I have. But in the end, it's because we want peace. We want to live in peace. We don't want to feel always that we are lacking. We want contentment. We want joy. We want peace. So if God is able to grant us the outcome, the peace, the joy, the comfort, and all those things just from the prayer itself, maybe this actually is what we are seeking. Maybe this is the thing that God says, even though I cannot give you the thing you are asking for, because maybe the thing you're asking for is, is not good for you for whatever reason, but I will grant you the peace so that you will live your life comfortably and consoled. So asking in persistence. Also, we are called to ask in the will of God in First John chapter 5. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So what we are called for is to ask in the will of God, meaning that if there is something that is not the will of God, if there is something that God does not choose for us for whatever reason, we have to be okay with this, right? We have to be okay with this. So a big part of prayer and supplicating God has to do with submission. Are we willing to receive from God the things that he desires for us? Or are we demanding our own will to be done even if it is not according to God's will? I, I always read this verse in Proverbs 14:12. Anyone who talks to me knows that I love this verse. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. This verse keeps coming up in so many different ways in our life. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Meaning, I could be 1,000% sure that the object of my desire is the thing that is good for me, and I pray for it, and I pray for it, and I persist, and I do everything, and God does not grant it to me. Well, maybe it is, leads to death, right? Maybe it seems right to me, but what it actually leads to is death, and I cannot see it because I don't have the insight or the foresight that God has in order for me to know. And maybe I can spend years with tears supplicating God, seeking the one thing that I believe will grant me joy in my life, but in the end, God denies it to me, and he says, this will lead you to death. But again, the thing that we get from the prayer and the seeking is maybe not the thing itself, but the comfort that comes and the faith that comes with the ability to accept the ability to accept and the ability to accept is something very important because if i do not receive what i am seeking then i have to accept the situation right being able to accept the situation that i'm in truly accepting it brings great comfort and great consolation and makes me to feel like whether god wants to grant me this petition or not i am i am thankful and i'm and i'm joyful and i'm contented and i focus on all the great things maybe maybe starting to even notice all of the great things that God has given me, and I feel like I am lacking nothing. I am lacking nothing. And that truly, that feeling that I am lacking nothing is a wonderful feeling. Because if we have that feeling, if we truly come to that point where I feel like I'm lacking nothing, then whether God chooses to answer this prayer or not, I'm happy, I'm comfortable. God, if this is your will, grant it to me. If it is not your will, I do not want it. How many times do we see young children seeking after things that we know will harm them? And we as adults prevent it from happening to protect them. If a a child wants to run into a fire because he likes the fire, right? We will stop them and maybe they will be unhappy. They will cry. They want to run into the fire. But we know it's, it's harmful for them. Maybe the child is not in a place where they could ever understand why the fire is harmful. But we know and we understand. And no matter what, how much the child cries, we are never going to grant it to them. We are never going to allow them to run into the fire no matter how many times they ask us, no matter you know, how many temper tantrums they pull, no matter, no matter what they do. And the reason is it is out of love, right? Out of love. God denies us our requests sometimes out of love. And maybe because we don't have that insight to know and to understand, maybe we, we, you know, we don't see it right? We don't see it. But yet God knows and he denies it for a good reason. So even when it is denied, we should be thankful to God and say, God, if this is not your will, then I'm willing to go without it. Um, another time that our prayers go unanswered is when we make selfish requests. In James 4.3, it says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Maybe the type of request that I'm making is one that is very selfish. Maybe it is harmful to other people. Maybe it is something that that other people are going to be harmed because of it, or, or even I will be harmed because of it, but I'm doing it simply because it makes me feel good in the moment, right? This is tied into the idea that it is not according to the will of God. It is very selfish. And, and God makes it very clear that we will not receive. If we if we continue to demand to ask from God the thing that is selfish, the thing that we want for ourselves that God does not want for us, the thing that might harm other people, in the end we will not receive and we will not be content and we will continue to fight and, and, and maybe try to obtain it on our own. And this can also become disastrous. When a person, after having prayed for something and does not receive it, Says, you know what, I'm going to obtain it on my own and maybe commit all kinds of sins to attain it. Maybe to lie and to steal and to cheat. Maybe to harm other people in order to attain it because I desire it so much that I cannot let it go. Maybe we should look at the fact that God did not grant it to us and say, well, if God does not want me to have it, then I should not try to get it for myself by any means at all. Also, the scripture speaks about asking for the Holy Spirit. The Lord said in Luke chapter 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil, how, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In this example, on this parable, He's saying, if parents themselves know how to good give, give good things to their children, how much more is God going to give good things to us, right? And then he says what at the end? He says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Meaning, while there are some things in our life, maybe many things, that we could ask God for and he will say, no, um, I can't give you this. This will not be good for you. There is one thing that here that the Lord Jesus Christ promised that if we ask for, we will receive 100% of the time. And there will be never a time when the Lord says, no, I will not give it to you. And that is the Holy Spirit. You know, we are celebrating the Feast of the Pentecost next week, and God pours out his Spirit on all people, all people who want it. Anyone who wants the Spirit can receive the Spirit. Anyone who wants the the Lord to work in their life and to transform their life, it will be done for them. But the question is, is, do we seek it? Do we want it? Anyone who wants a virtue, eventually, through prayer, through struggle, through asceticism, through confession, through whatever that is that we do, through the grace of God working in us, we can achieve that virtue. We can, we can grow in it. We can advance in it. And this is why, from the moment of baptism, all throughout the rest of our, li- our lives, we are living a life of sanctification. Meaning, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we are becoming more Christ-like each and every day. That should be the goal. That should be our purpose. That should be what it is that we are spending our life doing. When we speak about having a prayer rule, when we speak about fasting, when we speak about repentance and confession, what, what is all of this? All of this is to allow us to be more Christ-like. And he promised us this gift of the Holy Spirit, this grace of God in our lives, to grant us this, that we are protected through the grace of God, that we are granted forgiveness through the grace of God, that we are granted joy through the grace of God, that we are granted all the fruit of the Spirit through the grace of God. And no person who seeks these things is going to be denied by God because this is being more in union with him. When we want to be in union, Christ never said, no, I don't want to be in union with you. He never said, no, if, if you're seeking out my grace, but I refuse to give it. He never said that. The grace is a free gift. He wants to give it to all of us. And so sometimes, even in our prayers, and one of the beautiful things about the Egbeya prayers that teaches us and models for us how to pray, if we read the words of the prayers of the Egbeya, yes, there are words there for seeking my own desires, like making my own petitions and supplication, and there's nothing wrong with that. We even do that in the liturgy. But how much of my prayer is focused on, God, I want this. God, give me this. Please grant me this, like things. Maybe material things or other things that we want to happen in our life versus seeking the fruit of the Spirit, seeking the revival, seeking the forgiveness of sins, seeking the mercy of God. Truly the person who spends the majority of their prayer seeking union with God, they will 100% their prayers will be answered. Now, it might take a long time in order for that to be fully consummated, in order for for that fruit to fully manifest And indeed, there is no time. It's fully manifested. We always have room to grow and to change. But this is a lifelong process that I seek the Holy Spirit in my life. I continue to grow. So our prayer should not be focused only on God grant me these things that I want. It should be God grant me yourself. Grant me your presence in my life so that I can grow. So in the scripture today, the Lord reminded us of how is it that we should ask him. We should ask with persistence. We should ask in his will we should not make selfish requests. We should always be asking in faith, and we should be asking for the Holy Spirit. In all these ways, we are communicating with God, and God is granting us the desires of our heart, and glory be to God forever. Amen.